pray together. Search me, God, and know our hearts. Test us. Test me, Lord, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Heavenly Father, search us, Lord. Search and know our hearts, O oh God. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. Lord, we need you right now, today, more than yesterday. Today is a new day, God, that you have given us to worship you in spirit and truth. So, God, I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be in line with yours, O oh God. May our hearts break. For what breaks your heart, O oh Lord? But Lord, may we hold on to you and follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, humble us today. Search us and know our anxious hearts, O oh God. Test us and lead us in the way of everlasting. Lord, speak to our church today, this morning. Lord, we give you all the glory and honor. And as you transition now to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth. And the meditation of all the hearts who will be listening here in this place, Lord, may it be humble, may it be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. May our hearts be pure, and may our hands be clean before you, Lord. May our worship be clean before your presence, O oh God. Not because of our righteousness, not because of how good we are, but because of the righteousness of Christ that has been bestowed upon us. So, God, we enter your holy of holies, your holy place, your holy throne. With confidence and with courage, O oh God, and with boldness, Lord, we love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Let me pray, and God's people pray. Amen. And amen. All right, God bless you all. Uh, let's take a moment right now to greet our neighbors. At this time, we will be continuing on with our authentic Christian Christianity series. We've been in the book of First Samuel, and I hope you guys have been excited. And I'm excited now that we're in the topic of David. I'm just very grateful to have the opportunity to deliver the word of God to you. Uh, let's just come with hearts of humility, and let's enter His place with thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, with that, let's start with today's title. Be, stay, and remain. Be, stay, and remain. May we be faithful to God. May we stay joyful, and may we remain in Christ. So let's go ahead and start with our main passage, found in First Samuel, chapter sixteen. We're still on chapter sixteen, and we're gonna finish up chapter sixteen today. Verse fourteen to twenty-three. Fourteen to twenty-three. The title says, "David in Saul's service." David in Saul's service. This is the first encounter of David and Saul. The first encounter of David and Saul was not in First Samuel chapter seventeen when he fights Goliath in the battlefield, but here is the first encounter of David. And Saul found in chapter sixteen, fourteen to twenty-three. So let's begin with verse fourteen. It says this: Now the spirit of the Lord 
had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. Verse 17, So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. Verse 18, One of the servants answered, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Verse 19, Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Verse 20, So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. Verse 21, David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked them very much. So in the beginning, Saul liked this individual. He did not hate him. Saul liked them very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. Remember 1 Samuel chapter 14, being an armor bearer is good or bad. It's pretty cool with Jonathan and the armor bearer. Just two of them, they were able to entice a camp. Remember? So he became one of his armor bearer. Then Saul, verse 22, sent word to Jesse saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Verse 23, whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, you would think that's a good thing when the Spirit of God comes on you. But in this case, it's not it. It is not a good thing. David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He will feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. And the context here is that the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God, had left Saul, and God sent a demonic spirit, an evil spirit, to attack Saul. So the only way to make Saul feel better was this young man named David. And lyre, the instrument, is a very pretty instrument, it's like a mix of guitar and it's just very light and it's very pretty. And he will come and play this instrument, play the worship of God, the songs of God, so that the evil spirit will leave Saul alone. Again, going back to the title, Be, Stay, and Remain. Point number one, the word be. Be faithful. Be faithful. Again, be, stay, and remain. It's a continuous cycle of faithfulness when you are being. It's not about doing. You be, and then you do. Not you do, and you be. David is the model of faithfulness, of being faithful before God. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, be faithful? Whatever God has given you, be faithful, because someone is watching. Someone is taking an eye and they're watching and they're seeing. Not because we're doing it for people's sake. We're not doing it for their eyes to see. But we're doing it before God. Be faithful. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 11 it says, So he asked Jesse, 
Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. What was David doing before he became famous, before he became known? He was faithful. He was being faithful before God and before his family. He was a faithful individual. It says he is tending the sheep. What was David doing? He was being faithful and taking care of his father's sheep. And even in the New Testament, Jesus goes on, tells us about parables. He says to be faithful, to be faithful, for you do not know when the end will come. And when the end comes, to be ready, for us to be ready, to be ready and to be faithful wherever God has called us to be, whatever God has called us to do, to be faithful and to remain faithful and to stay faithful. But be faithful. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24, it says this. It says, whatever you do, Whatever you do, anything you do, work at it with all your heart. As who? As doing it for who? As working for the Lord. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart as you're working for the Lord, as you're doing it for the Lord. Not for human beings, not for human masters. Verse 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Matthew 6 makes it very clear. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves can break in and steal. But Matthew 6 tells us to store your treasures in heaven. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where no one can come and steal and take it away. It is an important reminder to us that it is an inheritance that we will receive as a reward from the Lord. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 24. The reward that we receive is not of this world, but of God. But on this earth, while we have one life to live, we are called to be faithful where God has called you to be. If God has given you the talent to play the piano, don't become used to it and jaded and become proud. Do it with humility every single Sunday. It's about being faithful. It's easy to go through the motions, but the question is, are you faithful before God? If you're faithful before God, everyone else will notice your faithfulness, and they will know, and they will give credit to God. Be faithful. Letter A, sub-point A is this. Be faithful, and opportunities will follow. Be faithful, and opportunities will follow. Keep in mind, I'm not saying follow opportunities and then be faithful when you have that opportunity. Be faithful, and opportunities will follow. I mean, we see it in the scripture. I mean, just just take a look at verse 16 to 19. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you and you will feel better. 
So Saul to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. He says, find someone. He doesn't say, go find David. No one knows about David. But it says in verse 18, one of the servants answered, I have seen, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. How did he see him? He saw him in the field when he's tending the sheep. He was faithful with the instrument, with the little that he had. I'm sure it wasn't a Martin or a Taylor or something expensive. I'm sure it was something handmade and usually lyre, you could use it. I think you can use... um. I forget exactly what it was. But I know that one of them, a quality one, you use the intestine of animals. But the other one was something else. And I was like, oh, really? I would think that it would break. But it's like they're able to make it. And there's a bunch of wires for people. And it sounds like a pretty version of the guitar. And we see that the son, the, the servant saw one of the son of Jesse of Bethlehem play the lyre while he was tending the sheep. He even knew about his reputation. What did he say about him? He said, he is a brave man and a warrior. Maybe he saw him kill the bear and the lion. He's like, oh, whoa, what's this guy doing? You know, there's not much to do back in the day. Just watching and see a little boy. He's like, a bear killing. But he called him a brave man, not a boy. He is a brave man and a warrior, speaks well, fine-looking, and most importantly, the Lord is with him. And then verse 19, it says, Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is what? Who is what? With the sheep. That's important. Because David was a shepherd boy. And that was important. He was a faithful shepherd boy. He was faithful in the responsibilities of his father's belongings, of his father's animals. He was a faithful individual. David was faithful. Therefore, many opportunities came his way. And this was one of the opportunities. He was faithful in his worship before God with liar. Therefore, God allowed him to enter the kingdom of Saul and to play before the king. When you are faithful, when we are faithful to God's things, God-appointed opportunities will follow us as they follow David. You don't necessarily need to seek for opportunities all the time. I'm not saying seeking for opportunities is bad but, and putting yourself out there all the time. But what I'm saying is be faithful. Be faithful. Remain faithful. Stay faithful. And God ordained doors where opportunities will open up for us. And that's the testimony of our church. Even when resources ran out, when we didn't have anything, God opened up amazing doors of opportunities. For us to be where we are today. Committee heads, priest team members, small group leaders, whatever leaders, whatever position, whatever we're in charge of, cleaning the window, dusting off the floor, putting the chairs away, taking care of the food, ministry, whatever we do, be faithful. Be faithful.
And when you're faithful with the little things, God opens up doors of opportunities. One of my testimonies is when I was a junior in college, before that, I've been going to missions since eighth grade. Eighth grade boy going on a mission trip. It's like, what does he know? It was part of like a punishment thing that happened, and I won't go into details, but I was forced to go, and Dominican Republic was the first mission trip I went to. After that, mission trip after mission trip, going every summer, being faithful. I used to take care of, you guys think you had it hard uh, as rookies. Arlene, you were a rookie, you had it so easy with the guitar, and your first time you were able to play the guitar and everything, but first time for me, you know, back then they would give the rookie, um, I went with one of my friends, he was in eighth grade too, one of my best friends, but I was in charge of the passport bags, right? Uh, that's where everyone keeps their passport, and I, hold, I, I keep it, and I have to make sure that it's with me at all times, in the shower, wherever. And then it was good until the last moment. Uh, it was in a resort, like a vacation. Like we visited like two days before we came home. We were in this like really nice resort. And one of my young was like, it's okay, you know, I got you. Like I got, and then, and I was washing up and I trusted him and he was just clowning around with me. And then the bag was gone and I lost sleep. And literally like they, they were all part of that joke. And they were, I was like stressing out. I didn't know what to do. And and then later they told me, like, they took it and they, they gave it back to me. And with that bag, I would do everything. Go in the van, in the hot weather, put all the luggages in. Do everything, the grunt work, everything. Being faithful, being faithful, being faithful. Every year I did that. Driving the church van. Being faithful, giving rides. Coming early. Morning prayer. Going to school. Going to work. And then, sophomore year, I went to Bolivia. First time, stopped by Argentina, Bolivia, and then right after that, the year after, in junior year, there was a mission trip planned to Bolivia. And something happened with our pastor, the EM pastor, our youth pastor, both at the same time. Well, it's the same person, he did both. And he was asked to leave the church, and the senior pastor had come, and he asked me, would you be able to lead the team to Bolivia mission trip? I was like, oh, what? Keep in mind, junior year in college, I don't know anything. And I still have the mat that the team got me. Uh, it's in my FJ. You'll see the mat board, it's, it says Bolivia on it. And it was, a, it was a thing that the team got, and it was young. Young people, it was a big group. Young people, older people, adults, and everyone and had that opportunity, and I will never forget that mission trip, one of the best mission trips that I've ever had, because God was so faithful. It was so pure, and it was so right before God. When we are faithful with the little things, God will open up doors of opportunities for you to learn and for you to be in that position to be ready. It wasn't like, oh, let's just choose a random kid from the, from the hat and, oh, it's because people saw, as this individual saw, as one of the servants saw, they saw the faithfulness of this young man, David. He says, one of the servants answered, I've seen, seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. 
He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. And the Lord is with him. And that is the most important thing. The Lord was with David. And what was David known for? In verse 19 it says, He is with the sheep. He is known as a shepherd boy. So, so point A, be faithful and opportunities will follow. Letter B, be faithful and wait for his timing. Wait for God's timing. Be faithful and wait on him. Even future promise of God that you have been told when you're young, even future promise of God will at times be placed on hold. David, earlier on in chapter 16, he was given the promise that he'll be the next king of Israel. It was done in secret. But he enters the throne of Saul's throne. He's not there as his right-hand man. He's there as a humble armor bearer. God was placing it on hold because there's still a lot, a lot for David had to learn. He had to learn a lot before God. There were lessons that he had to learn before God for him to be king, before he became a king. We see that David, he was anointed to become king. It takes him a long time. But we saw what happened with Saul. Instantly happened. And what was the result? The Spirit of God had left Saul. So don't be happy. Do not be satisfied when things happen right away. Be blessed when that job comes after a while. Be blessed when things take time. Because our timing is not God's timing. God's timing is God's timing. And in that process, we are called to be faithful as we're waiting. It's like a slow cooking crock pot versus instant microwave ramen. Which food would you want? Some of us will take the cheap way, like Abel. No, not Cain and Abel. What were the two brothers again? Isaac, no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, Isaac is the father. Come on, guys, help me. Isaac's sons. Oh, man, my mind went blank. Yes, Jacob and Esau, yes. Thank you. And he's like searching on his phone. (laughs) Right, Jacob and Esau. And Esau took the easy way. He took the cheap way. He sold his inheritance for a bowl of soup. May we trust God and be faithful and wait on his timing. Amen? Joseph in the Bible, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite individuals in the Bible. If God had rescued him prematurely from prison, from the slavery that he went through when his brother sold him into slavery in Egypt. If God had taken him out out of prison prematurely when he prayed to God, I'm sure he prayed every single day, God, this is not fair. I don't belong here. I don't need to be here. Then at the end, the plan of God would not have been fulfilled. There was purpose and reasoning behind the trial of Joseph and the testing of Joseph. If God had taken him out prematurely, then the promise of God, the plan of God in Joseph's life would have been compromised. 
Therefore, as Christian men and women of God, may we be faithful and wait on the Lord as Joseph did, as Moses did, as Abraham did, as all these amazing men and women of God, as Sarah did, as these individuals did, as Naomi did, as Ruth did, as all these individuals did, as they waited on God, let us be faithful and wait for His timing. Amen? Let us see. Be faithful. Attacks will come. Be faithful. Attacks will come. Do not pray for an easy life, for life is never easy. But we pray for faithfulness in the midst of our suffering and our trials. Be faithful. Attacks will come. Next week, we will get to chapter 17, and you'll see the first attack that David endorsed his first trial, his first test, is this giant named Goliath. That was his first test. And later in chapter 19, 1 Samuel 19, you'll see the greater test that David goes to where Saul throws his spear at David. Now the question is, does David fight back and fight off and kill the enemy that is trying to kill him? Or does he honor Saul as his king? And David, you'll see that he is an amazing young man and an amazing king. Perfect? Nope. No one's perfect. But his heart before God, he was a man after God's own heart. And you'll see that he goes through many attacks in his life. Therefore, as Christian men and women of God, expect trials. Expect attacks from family, from friends, from relationships. Attacks will come. From the devil. First Peter 5 says this: what? Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Who is that someone? It is you. It is the Christian, the one who believes in Christ, who surrendered their life to Christ. Resist them. Stand firm in the faith, it says, first Peter 5:9. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers, which is you, which is me, the Christian men and women of God, throughout the world, everyone, every individual is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Is it easier to suffer by yourself or to suffer together? Huh? <laughs> it's easier to suffer together. Right? When you're exercising, it's not just you alone. Or if you have to jump in an ice-cold bath with ice, do it together. Right? There's power in numbers. Know that every single one, every family of believer, they're undergoing the same kind of suffering and trials and attacks. Be encouraged. Be strong. You're not the only one. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Ephesians 4 27, and do not give the devil a foothold, an opportunity for him to take hold of your life. And most importantly, Ephesians chapter 6, I hope you guys remember this and memorize this. Just a reference of where this is. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20. 
Can we all read together, actually? Ready? You can follow me. Ready? One, two, three. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will be fearful fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. The power that we fight is not flesh and blood. This is the Ephesian church, one of the churches that's mentioned in the book of Revelation. Their fight was not against the prostitution that was happening outside of their church. The pagans that are happening, the pagan worship and the things that were happening outside of their church. Paul was reminding the Ephesian church that your fight is a spiritual battle. That your enemy is saying himself, the enemy of God. The deceiver, the counterfeiter. But it's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, we must put on the full armor of God, it says. Right? The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the word of God. What is the, the fit, feed it, ready for the readiness of the gospel. Right? Extinguish the, the shield of faith to extinguish the attack of the evil one. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20. Memorize this and know this with your heart. And Paul even says, pray for me. And I ask you guys often, pray for me, for I am under attack. Everyone around this world, all the believers, the families in the, the family of believers in the faith, we're all under attack. Pray for me, says Paul says in verse 19. Pray also for me. Verse 18, he also says, pray for all the Lord's people. Pray for me that I will be fearless. He mentions it twice. Fearless that I will do it fearlessly. For I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare fearlessly as I should. Be faithful. Attacks will come. And the only way that we can overcome is when we put on the full armor of God. And who gives the armor of God? Jesus Christ. He is our full armor. He is our everything. And here it's important to note 
that even those who are unfaithful, they will also be attacked. Uh, as Saul here, of course, he was not faithful. Uh, because Saul was unfaithful, he was attacked and destroyed by what? An evil spirit, a uh, demonic spirit. Therefore, he had no joy before God. And you'll see him going down mentally, spiritually, everything. He is being destroyed and attacked by this evil spirit. Verse 14 through 16, Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. He can play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. It got so bad to the point that others would recognize that an evil spirit was on their king. A demonic spirit. It wasn't just attacking and affecting Saul and his livelihood. It was, it was, it was attacking and compromising his kingship. And therefore, it was influencing and it was going down, trickling down to his servants, to his people. Therefore, number one, be faithful. Be faithful and opportunities will follow. Be faithful and wait for his timing. Be faithful, attacks will come. Point number two, stay joyful. Be, stay, and remain. It's a continuous cycle of being joyful. Stay joyful. Verse 14 through 16 says this, Now the Spirit of the Lord, we just read this, had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. It's tormenting you, Saul. He had no joy. He was filled with anxiety and he was filled with depression. Let's take a look at verse 23. Whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, again, you think that's a good thing, David would take up his lyre and play. So David had to be alert. Right? He had to be ready. When the evil spirit would come, he would just have to play right away. That's the only way that the evil spirit would leave him alone. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Again, what was this evil spirit? It's a demonic presence sent by God. And what we can learn here from this passage is that God has dominion over everything. He has dominion and sovereignty over the whole spiritual realm, the good and the evil. God is in full control. So point letter A, Spirit of God was absent. Spirit of God was absent. Letter B, Spirit of depression was present. Spirit of depression was present. I'll say this. Depression is a spiritual attack. I'll say that again. Depression is a spiritual attack that the enemy uses. 
Spirit of depression was present here. And we must bind it in Jesus' name. We must bind it with the word of God. Depression is a spiritual attack. Therefore, he had no joy of the Lord. Saul had no joy. Acts chapter 13 verse 52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy. And what? With the Holy Spirit. So what we can learn from passage like Acts chapter 13 and all throughout scripture, you'll see that when there's a spirit of God in your life, Jonathan, when there's a spirit of God in your life, Angela, there's joy. Holy Spirit and joy, they go hand to hand. They go together. They go side by side. They go hand in hand. They go together. You cannot take, have one without the other. Joy and Holy Spirit, they come together. It says, then the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Let's continue on. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with what? The joy given by who? The Holy Spirit. And what's important here, what's important to note here, what's the context here is in, in the midst of what? Not when things are good and easy, but in the midst of severe suffering. So we see that joy, suffering, trials, temptations, tests, and Holy Spirit, they all go hand in hand. Expect trials. Trials will come and trials are here. Testing will come every single day. In the midst of severe suffering, with joy given by the Holy Spirit. Stay joyful. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 says this. In all this you greatly what? Rejoice. Meaning be joyful. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief, meaning trials and suffering, hardship, in all kinds of trials. Rejoice. 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 Can we turn to our neighbor and say rejoice? Rejoice. 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 So again, what, we, what can we learn? Joy, hardship, and Holy Spirit, they all go together. First Peter 4, chapter 12, verse 16. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery, fiery ordeal that has come on you to what? Test you. Verse 13 says, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the what? Sufferings of Christ. So that you may be what? Overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Verse 15, if you suffer, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Now the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is, 
there's freedom, and there is joy. Amen? Let's go to point letter C. Spirit of hatred became present. I'm talking about intense hatred. I'm talking about murder. I'm talking about chaos. 1 John chapter 3, verse 12 says this. Do not be like Cain. If you remember in Genesis, Cain is the one that murdered his brother Abel. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Murder equals hatred. It says in 1 John 3.15, it goes on. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really what? A murderer at heart. You'll see the spirit of hatred rising up within Saul. Right now in chapter 16, it says he liked David, but as hatred and jealousy grows, as he goes further away from God, he becomes this individual with intense hatred to the point where he physically now, he's willing to throw a physical spear and to murder his son's best friend, Jonathan's best friend, David. Spirit of hatred became present. And last a point here, letter D, spirit of jealousy became present. He was insane. He became insane. He lost control of himself. Insanity became present. Going two chapters further, 1 Samuel chapter 18, 5 through 9. And the title says, King Saul is jealous of David. Verse 5, again, we're skipping forward. This is after he defeats Goliath. This is when David goes into battle and he's having a lot of victories in his life. Saul grows an intense jealous, jealousy over David. It says in verse 5, whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the woman came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing and with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David what? His tens of thousands. Again, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was what? Very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. It ate him up. This emotion of anger and jealousy. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. But me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. This isn't a love protection. I'm going to look out for you, my younger brother, my son. This is, oh, I'm going to wait for the opportunity to kill him. 
and it grew in his life more and more and more and more. Guys, remember back to all the messages that we went on, that we've been speaking on. Do you remember the message, to obey is better than sacrifice? Saul was chosen by grace as David was chosen by grace. But he was disobedient to God over and over and over. Therefore, God rejected Saul as king. Saul had no one to blame but himself. You and I, we have no one to blame but our Selves. Obedience is key. Humility is key. Humility is key before God. And David, therefore, he went into this intense cycle of hatred and jealousy. The Spirit of God left him. If the Holy Spirit is not in your life, then a different spirit is in your life. Demonic spirit is in your life, is consuming your life, consuming your thoughts, your heart, your actions. And then, therefore, we are filled with hatred, jealousy, anger, depression. Of course, because the Spirit of God was no longer with Saul. What did I say earlier? Spirit of God brings joy, no matter what our situations are. Happiness, you could be happy for one minute, and then something could happen, and then it's gone. Someone could just bother you, say the wrong word, it's gone. But joy keeps you grounded in the Lord, despite what's happening around us, despite what's happening in our lives. Saul was very angry and tried to stop an angry person. It's impossible. He's trying to stop a train. You see it coming. You see the collision, but they're not able to see it. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? If you're not filled with the Spirit of God, you'll be filled with a different spirit. That's why yoga, you know, when we say namaste and things like that, emptying your mind, empty your mind, meditate. Oh, do you know what you're asking for? You empty your mind, you empty yourself, and you're asking the Holy Spirit to empty, to be, to be out of you, then what? Then what will you be filled with? Always pray every single day, Spirit of God, fill me. You are with me, and I walk with you. I walk and I live. I live in Christ with least to last point. Point number three, remain. Remain in Christ. Remain in Christ. Be, stay, and remain. Remain in Christ. Continue a cycle. So what was point number one? Okay, good. Be faithful. What was point number two? Stay joyful. joyful. And point number three? Remain in Christ. Remain in Christ. Be, stay, remain. A continuous cycle over and over and over again.
If you had a bad day and you had a bad week, don't be discouraged. It doesn't mean, you know, the Spirit of God had left you. Uh, but I'm just telling you, I'm giving you a warning of what happened to this individual. So, uh, very angry, filled with jealousy, you know, actually feel very sorry for this individual. And you'll see that David, he remains his love for Saul. He never throws a spear back at Saul. That was the difference between David and Saul. Saul continued throwing spears to the end. But David, he continued to love and he continued to forgive and he continued to walk with the Lord. The way that we forgive, the way we continue to walk with forgiveness and with humility is when the Spirit of God is upon us. And when the Spirit of God is with us, there's nothing that we cannot do. Verse 18, one of the servants answered, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. Brave man, warrior, speaks well, fine looking. The Lord is with him. When you're with God, you'll even become better looking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it makes you strong. There's nothing more attractive than godliness because you are courageous, you're full of integrity. You're full of love, forgiveness. There's nothing more attractive than that. There's nothing attractive with pride, hatred, jealousy, anger that will make everyone run away from your life. Verse 21 to 23, David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked them very much. As evil as Saul was, he liked them because God was with him. David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse saying, allow David to what? Remain. And here, I want you to just keep in mind of that word remain. Yes, he was allowed to remain in Saul's kingship, but in reality, David did not remain in Saul, he remained in God. That's the key. People will try all they people will try to make you come to their domain, to their life, to their loyalty. But our loyalty does not rest on an individual. But our loyalty it resides in Christ. We must remain in Him. Allow David to remain in my service. Is Saul blind that this is all part of God's doing? Who is Saul to say, allow David? Who is anyone to allow someone? Only God is the one that can allow us to do anything, to even to be able to breathe in this moment, to be here in this place. It's because he's allowing us to be alive for such a time as this. 
Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Be careful of people who like you today, for they will hate you tomorrow. Saul becomes, first he likes them the most, and becomes the person that he hates the most. He, has, he grows an intense hatred towards David. Verse 23, whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better. Again, this is all about happiness and little. This, this is just temporary bandages. You feel better for a little bit. Oh, I feel good. But are you forgetting the main thing? The evil spirit is still upon Saul. That's the main thing. If Saul had repented before God and he came clean before God, then everything would have been fine. I'm not talking about him continuing on being a king, but at least his life, his soul would have been saved. But he only pursued after temporary things, temporary highs, just to feel better. Evil spirit will leave him for a little bit, and they will come back stronger. Do not remain in the world, the flesh, the Satan, in Satan, as Saul remained in the world, in his flesh, and in Satan. Remain in Christ. Remain in Christ. As the translation says, abide. Abide in Christ. Abide in Him. Point number three. Remain in Christ. And as we're closing here, uh, we're going to have the scripture up there on the screen. But if you just follow with me, I don't think there's any other passages that has the word uh, the word remain mentioned so many times uh, in John chapter 15. And these are the words of Jesus. And the only way that you and I can overcome in this life the trials is in Christ. Remain in Christ. Only then can you live. Let us not become foolish as Saul, but as David, as he was faithful to God. You remain in him. You remain in Christ. The title says, The Vine and the Branches. The Vine and the Branches. Jesus says to us today, This is the Word of God. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you.
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As a father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Amen. Remain, remain, remain. You want joy in your life? Remain. Abide. Come to him. To all who are weary and broken, and I will give you rest. For my burden and my yoke is easy and light. Come to me, all you who are weary and broken hearted. As David prayed, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me in the path of righteousness. I will fear no evil. Even in the shadow of valley of death, I will not be afraid. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He knows you inside and out. He knows all your trials and all your suffering and all the pain that we're experiencing right now in this very moment. The ball is in your hand. It's up to us as God ordains us, as God leads us. Humble yourself to him. Remain in his love. I go ahead and read the story from a tale of three kings can we just close our eyes and take a moment right now not asking for anything 
but can we confess our love to the Father this morning? Can you tell him, Jesus, Father, I love you. I love you. I love you. Declare your heart, your repentance, and your heart of humility before his holy presence. Remain in Christ. Remain in him. Abide in your Father. He loves you. He knows you. He knows all things. He knows everything that is within us. Speak to Him. Tell Him that you desire Him and that you love Him, that He is your number one. He is your first in everything. He is your first and the last. Confess your heart to Him. Say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I need you today more than yesterday. David sang to the mad king often. The music helped the old man a great deal, it seems. And all over the palace, when David sang, everyone stopped in the corridors, turned their ears in the direction of the king's chamber, and listened and wondered. How did such a young man come to possess such wonderful words and music? Everyone's favorite seemed to be the song the little lamb had taught him. They loved that song as much as did the angels. Nonetheless, the king was mad, and therefore he was jealous. Or was it the other way around? Either way, Saul felt threatened by David. as kings often do when there's a popular, promising young man beneath him. The king also knew as David, as the David, that this boy just might have his job someday. But would David ascend to the throne by fair means or foul? Saul did not know. This question is one of the things that drove the king mad. David was caught up, was caught in a very uncomfortable position. However, he seemed to grasp a deep understanding of the unfolding drama in which he had been caught. 
he seemed to understand something that few of even the wisest men of his day understood. Something that in our day, when men are wiser still, even fewer understand. And what was that? What was that? That God did not have, but wanted very much to have men and women who would live in pain. God wanted a broken vessel. Oh God, I pray. I pray, God, that you would use this broken vessel of mine. Lord, I am so broken. But your love is sufficient for me, oh God. Use these broken vessels. Not this perfect looking vessels. Not the way that the world chooses. As the world, as this king Saul was chosen, head taller than everyone else, perfect in stature. But Lord, you look what's within. You look within the heart of the individual. So right now, once again, can we just pray and just offer our hearts back to God, our broken hearts. Let's ask God to use this broken vessel of mine and tell him, God, one life, one chance. I give my life to you. I commit my heart back to you. Lord, I turn back to you like the lost prodigal son and daughter. God, I run back to you. I commit my heart back to you. But you have to do it yourself. You can't have anyone else do it. It says in the parable that the prodigal son, that when he came to his senses, he had to come to his senses. And it says he got up. He got up. No one else picked him up for him. He got up on his own with the conviction that came, remembering the father's love. He got up. And he went back to his father. And the most important lesson here is that the father is waiting for us. He is watching us from afar. He watches us and he desires us to come back home. He desires your heart more than anything else. He doesn't care about your sacrifices or your works, your merits, what you have accomplished, your titles. He doesn't care about your podium the title that you hide behind. He wants you. He desires your obedience. He desires your heart. Can we run back to the Father? If you have to crawl, crawl back to Him. If you need to run, run back to Him. If you need to walk, walk, run, but do not remain and stay where you are. But stay and remain in Christ. Do not stay lost in the where, in the place where you are. Run back to the Father, for He is waiting for you. He is waiting for you. He is waiting for us. So God, we turn back to you.
that you have called us to do. And God, Lord, but somehow along the way, we have lost our focus. We have lost our way. We have made it about ourselves. We have become self-centered. God, we have got, we got lost with our own emotions and within ourselves. But Lord, you are calling us back. You are calling us back to you, oh God. To turn back to you, God, in spirit and truth. Lord, we need you right now. More than yesterday, God, we turn to you. Lord, we run to you, Jesus. We need you. We need you right now. Remain in my life. Remain in Christ. Remain in Him. For He walks with us. Oh, God, we will bear no fruit. If we do not remain in you, everything we do is in vain, is garbage. If we do not remain in Christ, if we do not remain in you, oh, God.
and perfect you are my God perfect you are my God righteous and holy in all of your Heavenly Father, how can the maid say to the maker, how could you do such a thing as this, God? Lord, let us humble ourselves and know that, God, that you are perfect in all your ways, in who you are. Perfect. You cannot make any mistakes. You are sovereign and you have dominion over us. God, you are perfect in all that you do, in all your ways, righteous and holy. God, in all that you do, may your glory be revealed. May your name be lifted high so that in the end, no man or woman will complain and rebel and grow cold and carry hardened hearts towards you, God. For God, you are a just God. You are a fair God. You are the perfect God. You are perfect in all of your plans, in all of your ways. Faithful you are, faithful you were, and faithful you will be. Even when I'm faithless, Lord, it is you that holds me. It is not me that is holding you, God. How dare am I? How dare I? How dare we? It is you that holds us. And it's by the threat that we are holding on. It is by your mercy of your grace. One wrong footstep. One wrong turn. That thread will snap, will burn in hell forever. But Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the sacrifice of your one and only Son on the cross for us, the righteousness of Christ, that we have access to be with you, to walk with you, and to remain in you. To such a holy God. May the blood of Christ wash all of our sins. May we die with Christ that is no longer we or I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. This life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Pray all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, thank you for just gathering us here. Just listen to your word. That's prepared.
we have learned today, Lord. I pray that we may be more faithful in all that we do, to stay, to stay joyful through all trials and suffering. And I pray that you just may fill us with the Holy Spirit, oh God. And finally, just remain in Christ, just like David has. And Lord, I pray that, I pray for your continuous protection throughout the week. And please accept this offering as prepared today. And may we use it to further your kingdom. Thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.